Part One, Chapter Twelve of Life and Lillian Gish. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Life and Lillian Gish by Albert Bigelow Payne. Part One, Chapter Twelve. Messalin Days seasons changed the years went on from the train window lillian saw the snow come then go leaving only lines along the hedgerows or white tracks across the watery meadows to show which way winter had passed then flowers bits of blue and white and yellow after that summer and new york or maybe massillon lillian realized that she was growing tall too tall almost for the part she was playing she supposed that presently she would have to give up the stage and go to school regularly or at least until she was old enough for the more grown-up parts perhaps that would be in new york more likely in massillon she hoped it would be massillon she liked it there at aunt emily's place which they called the farm though it was not really that especially when dorothy was there too they helped aunt emily with her housekeeping and when that was done they could run in the fields not far away buster the dog ran with them and insisted on following dorothy like mary's lamb to a little school she went to and nearly broke up the classes the teacher was like mary's too she turned buster out and when he lingered near threatened to do terrible things to him there was an old bicycle at massillon a rusty old thing without tires but it would go it was too big of course but lillian had got it out of the woodshed and lowered the seat and had been able to get on it and fall and get on and fall again and by and by to get on and stay there she had really learned to ride it and that was something almost anything was likely to happen at the farm mostly pleasant things but not always there was an insane asylum in massillon and when one of the inmates escaped which happened every little while the asylum whistle blew and timid people locked their doors aunt emily at such times sent her nieces to the attic or cellar they did not like those places and were not afraid anyhow they were more afraid of a cow that had chased them from a back field lillian reflected that once she had been really quite wicked a black thundercloud was rising in the west just as she was starting to see her friend marion benedict down the street lillian never minded lightning but her aunt was terribly afraid of it and begged her not to go and leave her but i told marion i would come but you can go later afterwards but i want to go now oh dear i believe you love marion benedict better than you do me yes i do how awful to have said such a thing to dear aunt emily who was so shocked that never in the world would she forget it perhaps it had been the lightning in the air 
once a cousin had come to see them a second cousin named leonard hall about her own age their mother was there and had dressed them up for the occasion white dresses their hair loose with big pink bows they had been almost as nice as dolls she had thought her boy cousin quite nice too for a boy and boy cousins were so scarce she had hoped he would play with them but he would hardly even look at them edged away and then ran almost as if something were after him and didn't come back any more she wondered why they had on all their prettiest things and dorothy at least had been a perfect picture lillian reflected on these matters as she rode along or looked from a hotel window if she went to massillon this summer would she see her cousin again and buster and marion benedict would she stay there now and go to school or go back to the road for another season she thought dreamily of these and other things she did not trouble much about the future or the past then or later she followed a kind of magic path that opened before and closed behind her as she passed along there came a season when the theatrical business was poor the road companies especially suffered their profits became more than ever precarious motion picture shows were cutting into their business one-night stand theatres were being converted into picture palaces and nickelodeons that offered pretty good entertainment at ridiculously low prices and had very light overhead the combinations the smaller ones with their salaries and railroad fares could not compete lillian went out with quite a pretentious company and a play which was sure to get to new york and make a hit on broadway it did not get much further than washington where it opened at baltimore or richmond it came to grief the company had trouble getting home at a later time lillian wrote when we were ambitious and went into better productions the plays seemed to fail but this was due rather to the new conditions in the amusement world than because of the plays themselves the movies had filed a claim on the melodrama one could scorn them as many did in the beginning but the handwriting was on the wall mary gish wondered what was best to do next she had saved some money but with nothing coming in how quickly would it go for one thing she must have a new dress the children said so quite insistently and she knew they were right we begged her to buy a new one finally one day she bought some alice blue material and made herself a gown she always made all the clothes herself then we begged her to get a new hat so she went to the five and ten cent store and bought a frame for a little toque and covered it with little five and ten roses she looked so pretty in her new things and we were all so happy we thought everything so beautiful she was not to wear them until easter we lived in furnished rooms over by eighth avenue 
away up i don't know how many flights next the roof mother put her dress on a hanger and hung it in a closet with the hat over it we all gathered to admire it it was such an event for mother to have a new dress that night there came up a terrible rain and the roof over the closet leaked the water came through in streams and ran down over mother's new hat and the color came out of the lovely five and ten roses and dripped all over the new alice blue dress it was ruined we all cried over it it was a real tragedy end of part one chapter twelve recording by john brandon